Thank you for tuning in to this Prima Summer Education Series podcast. I'm Taquan Gilbert, Prima's Education Coordinator. On this podcast, Jose Peralta will discuss how risk managers can shape a connected future. Jose is the Director, Public Sector for Aon. Please enjoy the podcast. So, Jose, first off, what exactly is a smart city? It's a good question because, you know, I think it's kind of the first thing that comes to mind for a lot of people when they start looking into the subject because what quickly becomes apparent is that smart city isn't a defined thing. For the most part, smart cities is just this kind of broad category that's been placed on anything that basically has to do with new technology and the municipal space. So the way I'd like to try to define smart cities in a way that I think is is meaningful is that I look at it as creating data, collecting that data, and then communicating it. But I think the key component is actually making decisions. What I mean by that is if you think of things like smart sensors or smart lighting are lights that can allow you to, say, for example, know that there's motion happening underneath them. And so in some way, be able to track as things move below them. If you have a a smart lighting system like that, you you have this constant stream of information letting you know when, say, pedestrians are moving below certain lights. It allows you to collect that information. It allows you to, you know, be able to then communicate back to your various park agencies and tell them, you know, where you're seeing actual foot traffic. And it can also then lead you to make decisions about where you're making investments or where you're deploying resources, say security officers. So I, I think that's probably the best way to think about smart city technology. It's all about data-driven decisions and the way that data is created then collected and then used to communicate back both within a public entity and then to the cities. So what smart technologies have cities implemented thus far? One of the smart technologies that has seen kind of widespread use is in smart lighting. So that's one of the technologies that has the clearest line of sight to actually pay for itself. So it usually has a five-year return period. So you see a lot of cities, you know, upgrading their lighting to LEDs and using that opportunity to also connect them to the Internet or give them additional functionality. There's some cities that are using them in efforts to help with security. So you can have, you know, a lighting system that will alert authorities if it uh, notices disturbances, if it, if it hears, you know, let's say a car window and alarm go off, things like that. So we've seen a lot of smart lighting enter as kind of one of the first things that cities use when they start uh, implementing smart city technologies. The other has been in the transportation area. There's a lot of interest by cities to improve traffic, to make it safer, to make it more efficient. And so there's been pretty wide implementation of monitored intersections. So that goes everywhere from just, you know, cameras that are looking at intersections and providing some information to the municipality making decisions about yeah, how they time their signals and all that to, to ones that are fully integrated and are able to, on the fly, be able to decide when to turn a, a light from red to green. 
And you see that as well integrated with fire and law enforcement to, to help improve the safety for the officers and, and the emergency responders so that they can get through traffic and to where they're supposed to go more quickly and safely. But there's a pretty wide range of technologies that are being looked at. For the most part, things are kind of at the very pilot level. And so we're, we're seeing smaller technologies being integrated, things like public Wi-Fi that are helping connect citizens. And then we're starting to see that kind of a second phase of these technologies being pulled together and the data actually being fed into central systems that will help cities make decisions. Why are cities turning to smart city infrastructure? I think there's a few reasons why cities are seeing quite a big push to try to integrate smart city technologies. Most of it has to do with the pressures that cities globally are feeling. One of those is urbanization. You're seeing both in developing countries and developed countries huge increases in the numbers of people that live within cities. That just drives up a ton of demand for services and problems with, you know, efficiently moving and caring for the citizens of a city. Smart cities kind of, that technology provides an avenue for, for a city to be able to, without having a ton of new resources, be able to improve the way that they provide the services that, that citizens expect and need. We're also seeing a push for sustainability. Most cities and countries around the world have signed up to the UN sustainability goals and they're looking for ways to be able to meet those things like air quality, water quality, and, and other metrics that, you know, are kind of difficult to achieve in the timeline that, that they need to. And they're also costly. So the big promise with smart city technology is that, you know, these, these low cost sensors and the data that it creates are an avenue to be able to vastly improve a city's efficiency and their ability to, to provide services, adequate services for their citizens. And that's very attractive for municipalities that, that are just kind of seeing strained budgets and, and increased demand for services, but, uh, but need to find a way forward. Now, what is risk management's role in the smart city future? So I think risk management is really integral to how we're going to proceed with developing these, these technologies or, or rather integrating them into our cities. Right now, we're pretty early days in terms of most of the projects that, that have gotten off the ground. We are not seeing really any city where there's huge widespread use of these technologies, at least not outside of China and some Asian countries. In China, you might have heard in the news, there's pretty widespread use of facial recognition and technologies like that to, to track, track populace. And so some of their cities have been very well integrated with, with camera systems, and you see that in the UK as well. But for the most part, in those situations, you don't see autonomous vehicles tied into a system and a network. You don't see you know, the, the built infrastructure integrated and monitored by the city. And those type of systems, I think, are still a ways away. But what we are seeing is pilot programs and corridors within cities that are starting to try to take the approach of seeing how 
these technologies can work and, and validating them as well. So for a risk manager, you know, I think it's, it's important to think about these not really like as a, as a completely new phenomenon. Now, obviously in cities, there's constantly infrastructure that's being upgraded. And that might be as simple as just a road being repaved. And we know how to deal with projects like that. You know, if you, if you have a bridge that's being built, you know, obviously that's an order of magnitude more complicated, but we kind of understand how to go about that as, as a risk manager. You know, there's, there's contracting and vendors and, and safety issues that, that are well trod. I think smart city technologies and the implementations of them is being pretty similar to that. I think the, the big quirk there is, is the technology piece that it's not been widely implemented. And so it hasn't been as well tested, but the basic principles still remain the same. So the way that I've come to think about risk management relating to smart cities is around kind of a, an integrated phase of how these projects usually come to be. And there's about five steps that you see in a city integrating a smart city technology. Usually it starts with a project initiation, which is a phase where, you know, the idea comes to uh, a mayor's office. It's usually where the starting of the funding or outreach for funding happens. So somebody has an idea that they want to improve the city by implementing some sort of smart city technology. And outreach happens to private sector or other grant-making institutions, and you get your initial funding. That usually then leads to the strategic vision phase. Once you get to the strategic vision phase, you start contracting with other entities, usually consulting firms, uh, architectural firms that basically help in framing out what the broad strokes of what the city wants to accomplish will be. And so that's usually starting to define, you know, where the investments are going to be made and you start bringing in vendors. The third phase is really where a lot of the rubber hits the road. Now, this is the system design phase. In the system design phase, you start making decisions about what you're going to be implementing and exactly what it's going to look like. And so you start kind of, for lack of a better word, boxing yourself into uh, what you're going to do with, with these investments that you're seeking out to. So it might be that you're going to look for a mobility quarter corridor. And so, you know, you're going to start integrating camera systems into intersections uh, and uh, different types of sensors that will monitor traffic and, and pedestrians. And so at that point, you start defining, you know, what are the sensors that we're going to start, that we're going to look at having, what are they going to do, how are they going to be integrating? And that leads to the to the fourth phase, and that's integration. That's when you start actually buying the systems, installing them, and trying to make them all work together. And finally, that leads you to the operation phase. And essentially, in the operation phase is where things are working. The, the, the systems are collecting data. Um, you're starting to make inferences from them and decisions from them. And a lot of risks kind of open up at that point. Throughout those five phases, you start adding partners. So early on, you have consulting firms and you start you know, contracting with engineering or technology providers. And as you go through that 
the, the five phases, there's different risks that become apparent or, or, or risks that need to be managed, but they all kind of build upon each other. And so what I would say, you know, going back to the original question, the role of the risk manager is really to kind of guide that process. So as you start with project initiation, thinking about, you know, how those early days decisions will lead to outcomes in the next phases is really important for, for risk management to, to understand and help guide. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, how we contract, what responsibilities we retain or what we give to the different firms and vendors that we're, we're working with. And then as things come online, you know, what other vulnerabilities happen? So one of the big ones is cyber liabilities and cybersecurity. As you start getting systems actually being put online and gathering data or later on actuating signals or, or making automated decisions, then, you know, that risk snowballs. And what I would say is, you know, risk managers need to be integrated into all five of those phases because each one of them has this additive, cumulative role within how the risk grows for an operation. And I think that's all pretty commonplace with, with infrastructure. It's just that we're looking at new technologies that uh, haven't quite been worked out or implemented widely. And so there's just more uncertainty. What role do you expect insurance to play in the future of smart cities? This is where I'm really excited. So what I'm looking at is, you know, a smart city future where these systems are integrated, we're collecting all this data. And, you know, the natural question is, what else can we do with this information? Obviously, cities are going to be using it to make decisions about how they, you know, provide services or how they, they resource things. But all this data gives us all kinds of different avenues for, for insurance to play a role. I think really early on while we're trying to actually implement the technology, insurance has an interesting role of de-risking the financing of this technology, right? So if you have um, a system that, you know, basically has never been tried before and it's a new technology, you're taking on as a city some risk in terms of whether it's going to work. You know, whether you're going to have product failure, like the, the sensors might have a, a high rate of failure. And so let's say, for example, you have sensors in your road and you install them and then there's a 30% failure of the, of the sensors. The sensors themselves might be cheap, but then to replace them, you have to tear up road to put them back. Those are all risks that an entity is taking on when they're thinking about you know, what, what technologies they're, they're going to use and what that total spend is going to actually mean for them in the life of that technology. And I think that, you know, insurance has a risk transfer role to play there by being able to, for example, validate some of the, these technologies, be able to vouch for them, provide, you know, warranty products and, and things like that to be able to make the financing come together for the technology and accelerate the adaptation of, of the technology to cities. And then the other piece of, of it too is that, you know, all this data and all this information that's been collected, ultimately what you want to get to is a point where it can be predictive. And predictive analytics for mitigating risk 
are, you know, an, an area where I think we're going to see a lot of development where, you know, you already have insurance based on, on use. And so you might, you might see that, uh, as your assets are, are more regularly tracked, as you can, you know, predict where, where losses will occur or where issues might arise, you know, just the, the ability for you to, um, make a more efficient risk transfer decision is, I think, exciting. So you might be thinking of insurance that's just really tight, you know, closely tied to actual use. Right now, you see products like that where you, know, you have these, like, micro insurances that will allow you to buy insurance by the mile. Or if you're, you know, renting a, a place, you know, like an Airbnb, you can buy insurance just for the, the amount of time that you'll be within that uh, that unit. I think you'll find analogs of that in a space where we know the current status of every asset in real time. And then also just, you know, the ability for us to, to quickly know when we've achieved some sort of mitigation of risk will allow for insurance carriers to be able to, you know, credit that to insurers. And so I, I think, you know, smart city technology is both going to be pushed forward by the availability of insurance to help in, you know, closing those deals and, and making public entities comfortable and taking on some of that risk that, uh, that's inherent in adopting a new technology. But it, it's also going to have a feedback loop where the fact that you've integrated this technology into your municipality will allow you to have access to new types of insurance and more efficient insurance programs. So I think insurance will play a really big role in the smart city future and is something that I'm very excited about seeing how it develops. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.